Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the No Lane Up podcast. We have a guest back for the third time, formerly the editor of Yahoo's Devil Ball Golf blog, now of the Back Nine Network. Shane, what is the new title with the new network? <laughs> uh, I, I I hate to say this. But um, I think it's talent. We actually were laughing at that today. At a, we were laughing at that in the office today. Me and me and one of the uh, the co-hosts of one of the other shows. Um, somebody asked us what the talent was doing, and I just said, you know, talent. It's just such. It's just terrible, terrible word. I mean, you know, you don't. First, I mean, you're really setting yourself up for some disaster if if talent's the word we're going with, but. Um, I'm actually um, one of the co-hosts of a show um, that's going to air. Um, we go live on DirecTV on Channel 262 on September 29th, which is the day right after the, the, the Ryder Cup happens on Sunday. Um, and I'm the host of um, kind of the midday and, and, and late evening show called The Turn. Um, so, uh, you know, we're going we're to be an hour a day, and it's going to be, you know, golf and, and, and some other stuff. You know, we, we're going to talk some golf and get us some news and, just basically try to be a show that's that's fun and chill and you know doesn't take itself too seriously, but 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 obviously tries to you know kind of touch on a lot of the stuff in this game that, that we care about and stuff. So obviously a good time to go live considering that you know the Ryder Cup is ending the day before we actually uh, you know launch a network. So uh, at least will give us some fodder for for a couple two or three days, especially if uh, the inevitable happens, which I think a lot of us uh, are, are are worried it will. Well, I mean, how are you going to possibly bridge the gap between the Ryder Cup and the 2014-2015 season? It's such a long layoff. Are you, <laughs> do you have enough material to last all the way till next season? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, thank you PGA Tour for giving us whatever they call it, the wraparound season or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, it's. It, I think, uh, you know, it's it's it's, uh, it, it's definitely you know not the ideal time to be talking a lot of PGA Tour golf, but you know, one of the things in the network is. Uh, you know, one of kind of our mottos is we're not, you know, exactly just focusing on PGA Tour golf. I mean, there's a lot more out there. I think uh, I think a lot of the times we focus a little too much on the pros. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, Backdine's kind of a golf lifestyle network. is It's not just, you know, Rory and Tiger and Phil and Keegan. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there. And then what we've learned, I mean, what they've learned with research and stuff, is there's a lot of guys out there that play the game all the time that don't necessarily care about those guys. So, you know, why, you know, we'll be talking a ton about uh, PGA Tour and stuff. I mean, we'll be focused on the LPGA, um, you know, and then kind of the everyday golfer as well because, um, you know, like like I said, there's th- those guys matter too, and, and those guys are, are, you know, a big part of, of the game and, you know, what makes it fun. And I think you and I can probably both agree that uh, it's just as much fun playing golf with a 20 handicap as it is a two, and actually probably sometimes a lot more fun playing with a 20 <laughs> handicap than it is a two. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, as, as you're saying that we talk too much about Tiger and, and the PGA Tour, let's get right into the PGA Tour. And talk about <laughs> the, the, let's the jump fact. in. Let's <laughs> in. <laughs> FedEx Cup that just wrapped. I know I spent a lot of time ripping on the FedEx Cup process, the point system, and the whole idea of a playoff. But I thought it, it, it turned out probably as good 
as it could have result-wise as far as the uh, the a true playoff. Whoever, you know, Billy Horschel winning two events and finishing second in another one, he deserved to win whatever this end-of-season event is. I don't know if you can really call it a playoff, but what do you think about the overall system? How would you change it, and what did you think about what happens here? Well, you know, I, I, I totally agree kind of what you said. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's tough to call a golf playoff a playoff because there's four other things that matter more. You know, I mean, that, that that's the issue with calling it what it is. But um, I do think that the idea of, you know, it, it, it lessening the number of players and, and obviously guys that get hot at the end of the season, you know, I, I think it works. This is as good a season as we could have ever had with this thing. Uh, before Sunday, I said if Rory wins, He'll be the most decorated Ryder or FedEx Cup champion we've had to date because he would have had two majors, which nobody's ever done to win this thing, and would have gotten extremely hot at the end of the season to do so. But really, you know, the guy that won it was really, really hot during the playoffs, and I think that's kind of what they what they really wanted in this system. You know, you, you think about it, um, a lot of the times in the NFL and the NBA, well, I guess more the NFL. We'll, we'll stick with the NFL because it makes more sense. You know, the NFL is, is a week-to-week playoff. Um, and, you know, if you're going to stick with that word, um, you know, the best team doesn't always win the NFL playoffs. I mean, the best team doesn't always win the Super Bowl, but the Absolutely. team that gets the hottest in the playoffs does. And I think you can look at the Ravens a few years back, um, both the times the Giants won, you know, not necessarily the team we would have expected uh, to kind of win the playoffs, but they got hot at the right time uh, and, and they rolled through them. And I think that's why, you know, what Horschel did, kind of what you mentioned, I mean, you know, finishes second, you know, kind of hits this, this choke artist golf shot, you know, with the chance to win. Uh, and, and instead of fading, he comes back even stronger and wins two tournaments and, and wins the whole thing. That's, you know, to me, that's what playoffs, the word, means. Um, so, you know, and, and he's battling Rory, who, like I said, I mean, you know, the guy played out of his mind for, for basically about a month stretch and, and wins two majors and takes himself from, uh, you know, the cute little, uh, you know, potential next Tiger to a guy that legitimately can can win, you know, double-digit majors. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the system works. And I, I think that, um, you know, when we get a guy granted, you know, I mean, of course ratings aren't going to be great. You're battling a lot of other stuff. I mean, you've got NFL starting. You've got college football starting. And, and on top of that, you've got uh, NBA World, World Cup. And, I mean, you know, even if people don't watch that, I mean, it's a lot of big names. And if you're an NBA fan, you might tune in. But um, I just think in the sense of, of drama and guys playing great golf at the, at the right time, uh, you know, I think this is probably the best season they've had since since 07. Yeah, I thought it worked out well that basically everyone at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday, if they won the Tour Championship, they won the FedEx Cup, unless it was, I think, if Furyk won, he needed Horschel to finish worse than Solo second. But they at least had that going for it, where it was truly just a race to the title and that, we didn't have Steve Sands in front of the of the touch screen every in between every hole trying to figure out the math the math of the event. But um, I, I still I guess I just the Tour Championship has always been played on a Sunday, and I, I we we uh, we wrote a piece. Phil, our guy, wrote a piece about you know everyone's got an idea for how to redo the redo the, the playoff, but I just don't get why you wouldn't end it with with some sort of match play, and it doesn't have to go up. I'm against football on a Sunday. You can make it on the West Coast in prime time that wraps like on like a Wednesday night after the Tour Championship or something like that. That how how exciting would it be to watch two guys going head to head for literally the biggest prize of all? Yeah, I mean you're. I mean, I trust me. I I, I totally think that this thing should with match play because if you're really going to talk about a playoff, um, you know that they don't. 
they don't play the playoffs and see who had the best. You know, NFL playoffs don't don't say who had the best offense or something. I mean, they definitely say who won and who beat the other team they're up against. I think, um, you know, match play is exactly what you have to go with. And and I think there's not enough match play in golf. And I think, you know, if me and you go play golf, um, if we ever go play golf, which I'm sure we will, I mean, we're probably going to play match play. And I think that's what most golfers do. I mean, I think that's what most golfers play when they just go out and play with their buddies for 10 or 15 bucks or a beer after the round or whatever. And, uh, you know, the tour doesn't do it as much. I think it's simply because they're scared of, of getting – uh, you know, what was the, it was an extension a few years back where it was like, uh, you know, I mean, it, was, it was like Sutherland versus somebody in the finals. And I think they, they saw that and went, we'll never do that again. And, um, I mean, I think match play is fun to watch. I mean, I think the extension is a sneaky great tournament. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. I think we get excited for it. Everybody has a bracket. Um, and I think if you did this with what you said, I mean, the, the, the amount on the line, um, it would, it would, if nothing else, it would at least give us a good wrap to the end. Uh, it was. It was. By the way, it was O2 Kevin Sutherland versus Scott McCarron in the finals. Uh, he was a 64 you, seed, were, wasn't he? Sutherland was a 64 62, seed. 62 versus the 64 seed. Um, <laughs> man, that is uh, that's crazy. I, I I never noticed the seeds. I've definitely gone back to that reference like way too many times on radio. But um, anyways, not to get off off topic. I I think that uh, you get you know you get it like you said, and I totally think you, that's a brilliant idea. I mean you. You, you know, I know they love doing it at East Lake and, and all that stuff, but, I mean, say you go to Palm Springs and you play it, you know, at Bighorn, play it under the lights at night on a Wednesday, and, I mean, the ratings would be out of this world, especially if you had what we had this year with with, with, with Forshall and McElroy. I mean, uh, you know, those two guys, Fiery and and, uh, and Big Names, I think if, if they went against it, I think we'd, we'd think it was super cool. But uh, they're not going to change it. You know, you, you know that. I mean, they're not yeah. going to tweak it. They, they like the way it is, and, you know, we can sit here and say we'd love to, um, you know, we would love, love, love to see that happen. I, I think golf fans and sports, like, well, maybe sports fans more than golf fans, but I think sports fans would be a little bit more interested in it if it was match play in the final thing. But um, uh, I think the guy that, that, that should have won it did, you know, and I think I think that's kind of, uh, you know, that's, like I said, I mean, that's, that's a playoff in a sense. So. Yeah, I think the problem I guess I have with it is it's literally just a cash grab. Like, there's no prestige yeah. that goes with it. Like, if you went year by year, I, I don't think I could name off who the last FedEx Cup champions have been. I mean, it's well, let's try it. Hold on. Here, here. Let's, I'm going to pull it up right now. Let's see, let's see how far back you can go. All right. Um, I can do pretty well here. We're going to uh, – All right. We'll see if you can go all the way. All right. Billy Horschel, 14. Um, Stenson was 13. Snedeker, 12. Okay. Oz, okay. 11. Right? Oz, 11. Yeah. Jurek, 10. And Tiger, fire. Tiger nine, and then VJ was eight, and Tiger seven, or flip them. Wow, look at you! You should like write golf for a living or something. That was uh, that was one hundred percent. I mean, I I will say this: I bet if you polled most golf writers, they probably couldn't have run the gamut there. And I think they they either stumble last year for getting Stinson did it, uh, or maybe getting Sneds or Hoff mixed up or something, just because. Now, those were pretty, you know, the Haas shot was, 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 you know, we remembered it and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. There's a small field. There's not a lot of stuff going on. If you're not, if you don't have a chance to win it, what's there really to play for, honestly? I mean, and, and those guys sure seem like they're pretty, pretty burnt out. But, yeah. uh, I, again, I say this. It's better than the alternative. You know, I mean, Absolutely. I know the FedEx Cup isn't, 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 you know, what, I mean, I had people on Twitter ragging about it and stuff. And, I know it's not 
it's not the Masters, it's not the Ryder Cup and all that stuff, but it's definitely better than if they had nothing after the PGA like it used to be because, um, you know, if nothing else, it at least gives us four more weeks of watching the best play, and, and I think that's exciting. And I think these guys, Billy Horschel, for instance, um, you know, it's it's a lot to play for. And, I mean, they, you yeah. know, it doesn't matter to Tiger. It's not going to matter to Phil. It's not going to matter to Rory. But, you know, for somebody like Horschel or Haas or Snedeker, um, and I, I wrote a piece on Back Nine about it. I mean, you know, he, he would if you could include that money, he would have been 100th on the money list ever in the career earnings. I mean, you know, $10 million is a lot of damn money. Yeah. No, I was glad at least it went to somebody, not only one of my favorite players, but went to somebody that money matters to. And he flat out said that, you know. It, it, if Furyk would have won it, it's just like he's already earned like fourth on the all-time money list. Like, what do you need right, ten million right. more dollars with? So, no, I thought that part played out fine, but uh, it's still just going to be a sh- and Ed, like I'm not the only one with this take. It's scalding hot, put your oven mitts on for this one. I mean, it is a shame the horse is not going to be on the Ryder Cup team, and the way that the Ryder Cup picks played out, I think is. Watson could very well end up with egg on his face. And I kind of – I was kind of giving him a pass on it for a second, saying, look, this is how the system is. And at the time he made the pick, I, I predicted all three picks that he was going to make. I said, and I said I was on board with that. And I said, look, this is the system, the way it is. And the, the, given the, what he knew at the time, I thought he made the right picks. But then I started reading a little bit more, and I realized he was the one in charge of setting the data when he makes the captain's pick. And Azinger, when he did it in 08, he – he, uh, I think he waited till right up till two weeks before, so it would have been this week, to make his final picks. I think uh, Watson overall kind of wanted to go less captain's picks, more based on points, and wanted less control over the situation. I think this could really, really backfire in his face. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you want to – I mean, he's, he's playing the best golf anybody in the world. I mean, you definitely want him on the team. I, I mean, I, trust me. I mean, I think there's, there's, there's few people, if any – Maybe Webb Simpson's wife or, or Hunter Mahan's, you know, brother or something that 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 would disagree. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just a bummer, and it's really a bummer for golf fans. I mean, you know, if it was Bill Haas that did this, no offense to Bill Haas, but you know, if it was Bill Haas, I mean, Bill Haas coming on the team is not necessarily going to bring a ton more views. But I think Orschel's one of the few guys um, that actually uh, can bring eyeballs if he keeps doing what he's doing, and um, you know, him at a Ryder Cup. I mean, he's our only guy that's going to act like the Europeans act like. And I think um, there's something to that. I mean, I think we get beat because a lot of the time we're not totally 100% into it all the time. And if nothing else, we're not showing it. And, you know, this guy's going to fist pump. He's going to scream. He's going to get under the European guy's skin. And on top of that, like he's, I mean, you know, he's won two tournaments in a row. Uh, you know, there's not many guys that are as confident as he is. It, it's a bummer. There's nothing you can do to change. No. Uh, I, you know, the, the one thing I said, that, the one thing I said in the office the other day, I said if Patrick Reed ever wanted to turn his image around, he would pull out of it and give the spot to Horschel. I think yeah. we'd all just go, Reed's the best guy in the world. Yeah, um, no, you know, it would <laughs> I thought about that too, but I was like, if I was in Patrick Reed's shoes, there's no way I would back oh, out of course, play in the Ryder Cup. I mean, you not. work your whole just, life. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I know, I know, it's not a realistic scenario, but it uh, you, you you work your whole life. You qualify on points. It's still someone like, I mean, again, it's not going to happen. It's someone like Webb who knew he was playing this badly and has played in it before and has shanked a ball on a in a Sunday singles match. Then maybe I would. It, one, the 1% chance maybe that would happen there, but not somebody who's going for the first time as a rookie. But 
Um, and won yeah. three times. I mean, you know, I mean, if you talk about earning your way, I mean, you no, won no, three no. times even yeah. though it was way earlier in the season. Yeah, no, it's just it's just a bummer. There's nothing you can do about it. I think everybody's kind of exhausted at this point, and I think we yeah. all wish we could. You know, I'm sure Watson wishes he had a mulligan, and we all do too. But um, you know, Warsaw's going to watch it like you and I are. I mean, it's yeah. just it's crazy to think that, but. Um, you know, they just got to change the system. They've they got to have it, the guys picking after all these tournaments in, because uh, if nothing else, you're saving yourself, like you said, uh, the chance, the off, the off chance that somebody gets super hot at the end of the season and you have to sit there and answer questions, you know, on Sunday the 28th saying, oh, yeah, I, you know, I wish I could have had him on the team. Yeah, it's to the point where it's, it's a distraction for the team, I think, at this point. I mean, it's the lead story when you talk about the U.S. Ryder Cup team, that the way for the picks have fallen out, which is a shame, because, I mean, we're gonna have to. Hopefully, those guys are tuning that, turning that out, and uh, and focused and ready to roll. But uh, we were talking within some of our us know laying up guys about. Uh, th- I do the same thing every four years when the World Cup comes around, and that and uh, I was I was the only, the only one that actually thought this was the case. But I, would you prefer to play the Ryder Cup every year rather than every other year? I don't think so. I I, uh, I mean I think that. Um, I think that there's something about, you know, I think in a world we live in where everything has to be so instantaneous, um, the fact that the Olympics and the, and the World Cup and stuff like the Ryder Cup um, doesn't happen every year gives it a little bit of, of uniqueness, especially now. Um, you know, I like when we wait a little bit. I think it's kind of cool. I, I like when we, um, even when we lose, you know, sitting there going, well, in two years we could, you know, I, I just think there's something cool about that. I, I you know, it, it would if it was four years, I'd probably say I wish it was a little quicker. But um, I mean, I think they could even go three. Honestly, I mean, I, I think even three years is just if, it would, if nothing else, it would it would add a little bit of of um, you know you know a little bit more to it. Just because you know if you hold that cup, you know you know you're going to have it for three years. But no, I, I think the Ryder Cup is, is something that you don't tweak. I mean, it's like the Masters. I've always said you know normal golf fans are going to rank the Masters their favorite tournament and the Ryder Cup their second favorite and. Um, I think it's because it's so unique and different, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. There's something about match play that makes golf more interesting. You know, it's just something about uh, – I think athletes can relate a little bit more to it than don't golf, and I think there's something uh, something that I definitely like a little bit more about it. And uh, I think for something – you know, even as, as a writer and a guy that's, that's covered golf, um, I, I find myself at times, you know, rooting a little bit for the Americans because I'm an American, you know. And, I mean, I – I, I mean, I'll admit that, and I mean, I, I don't feel bad admitting it. You know, I, I find myself sometimes saying, man, I hope Eric makes this putter. I hope Stricker can hold this. And and, um, and I think that's that's uh, a patriotism that, that doesn't come out much in golf. I mean, I don't care if an American finishes one on the FedEx Cup list or, no, yeah. or you know, pulls the PGA out. It's, but I think for this week, um, we tend to root against Rory and Sergio and, uh, you know, and, and Ian and all those guys, and, and, and for one week a year, one week every two years, it, it gives everybody a chance to kind of pick a side. Yeah, I guess the, the point I was trying to make was like I feel like it would be, uh, it would be, uh, it would be cool if like you had, you know, your spring of it. Everyone looks forward to the Masters, even non-golf fans like will watch the Masters. I feel like if you had it again, another event every year in the fall, it'd be like one more thing to look forward to every fall. It's like you know, I like to watch the Masters and the Ryder Cup for the casual. Fans. Oh, now you're just the PGA of America is going to come find you, or the President's Cup people are going to come find you. Oh, and they're going to knock your door down. All they're three President's Cup people. Like I'm not that worried about President's Cup. I know it, and I mean, you know, it, it, it is funny though. There, there's something. Uh, you know, I mean, I obviously, I mean, I don't think there's anybody in the world that would say they like the President's Cup over the Ryder Cup, but 
Um, I mean, I, I think that uh, there's there's a there's a weird thing about how chill the American team is during the President's Cup, and it leads to such success. And then I feel like when the Ryder Cup rolls around, those guys are just the complete opposite. You know, I mean, Tiger and Stricker are out there having the most fun in the world. Then the Ryder Cup comes around, and everybody's so uptight. Uh, you know, I I, I will say. Uh, the internationals need to win the next President's Cup, and the Americans really need to win this thing because if the Europeans pull this out again, uh, you know, you're talking about an event, um, you know, becoming uninteresting, you know, in the sense of teams because uh, you can't have another European win or another European blow-up. Uh, me, me and you have joked about it a lot online, um, just about some of the scores that have happened in the past with, with some of these American teams they've had. I, I, but that's part of my plan, though, is if, I get, if we get rid of the President's Cup and we – just nationalize Jason Day and Adam Scott, and then that makes the Ryder, it's going to make the Ryder Cup a lot a lot more interesting if we can actually compete with the Europeans. Boom, problem solved. Yeah, I know, absolutely. And you, and you know what? You know, you could probably find some way to combine them all. You know, Western Hemisphere or something. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> do, do 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 something and, and, and have us all on one team. I honestly believe, and I'm not. This is not a joke. I think if we get drummed in this thing as if we American team, like I say we, like I'm, you know, one of those Raider fans that say we, um, if we get just like drummed, I could totally see them tweaking the format and including North America. And I, I don't know if I'd be completely against it. Honestly, I think if, if we get a couple of Canadians and, and a couple of, I mean, I just, I think if it keeps happening like this, I could see a little bit of a tweak because, you know, it happened the other way with this format back in the day um, when it was just GBI. And, and you know, I, I, I think that if those players keep, you know, ch- you know, churning out these guys that are incredible, um, I could see uh, somebody saying, "Okay, we got to we got to look at our team and say we got to find another way to add some good players in this thing." And I, I just solely for the USA chance, I could never sign on to that. Like that's one of the coolest things <laughs> you don't, to me about the Ryder Cup is the USA. You don't chance. think North America sounds good? <laughs> Come on, that's, that's that really gets your that really gets the goosebumps going, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that really going to change a lot if we get what is it, uh, what Graham Dillette and maybe Mike Weir on the team? Like, I don't, I, I don't know how they would tweak the format other than maybe, maybe handicapping it or giving the U.S. a head start. But uh, I think both those guys would be on the team right now if we had the opportunity. I mean, that's, that's for sure. It, it, you know, and, and honestly, I, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like somebody that's trying to pull it back, but. I don't think it's going to be as lopsided as possible. I really don't think so. I, I think there's a chance that, that that these guys, for some reason, I don't know if I'm just talking myself into it, but, you know, we've always had these superstar teams, and the fact that we have kind of a watered-down group, and I don't know if Watson can pull them together or whatever, but I think they'll at least be competitive, and I, and I just sure hope they are because, uh, you know, the fact that you combine the, the fact that they're coming on super early, uh, if, if we're down – you know, six points going into singles on Sunday. I mean, this thing's going to be watched by like me, you, Kyle Porter, and like four other people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the thing they got going for them is the Euros aren't nearly in as good a form as they were about two months ago when all this hysteria started about how poor things were looking for the U.S. team. But the problem is the, uh, the U.S. guys have to like been some of the bottom of the barrel guys on some of these playoff events, so it's hard to get really excited about it. But I mean, I'm excited about it. It's an extremely unique event, and anything can happen in match play. I just can't. I just keep looking up and down the team, and I'm like, we're really going in here with Bubba leading this thing. I mean, that's 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 who our like 
Ricky Fowler's never won a Ryder Cup match, and he may be our best foreign player at this point. Like maybe, definitely he, is. He definitely is. Well, I, I mean, mean, he's I up there with Furyk, though. That's the problem, though. Yeah, goodness gracious. By the way, that was a really good political answer. You might be ready for TV. That was good when you said the whole thing about it's match play and all that. That was good. I was, I was really impressed. You, you, you were, you were totally political there. I'm proud of you. That's not exactly my goal, so I'm not taking that as a compliment. So. <laughs> but all right, here's a question I floated out this week, um, and it was—I I think it's an interesting question because there's a lot of different things you have to consider when thinking about this. So, take you, Shane Bacon. You let's say you find some incredible form, and you find your way, and you are a middling tour pro. All right, you've made it at this point in your life. You get to choose. You get, you get to win these six things. Picture like a fantasy football draft that you can't attend, right? So you're, you, have to set a, you have to set a power rankings for these six events. You don't know what draft pick number you're going to be. You just, you're going to set them in the order that you would want to win these events. Masters, okay. U.S. Open, British Open, PGA, Ryder Cup, or the FedEx Cup. All right. Um, I'd go Masters first. An easy one. Um, I think that's that's probably pretty easy. Um, I think I'd go British second. Um, you know, I, I just there's a soft spot in my heart about the British Open. I, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with the golf over there, and I just think the whole history thing's cool. Um, I'm going to throw a little uh, crazy wrench into it and say FedEx third. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to pass up that money. Um, mm-hmm. I would say U.S. Open next. Then I would say PGA Championship and say Ryder Cup. The issue with the Ryder Cup is you're talking about factoring everything in and in the sense of financial implications. And yep. you mentioned that I was going to be, I was going to find my way. And as I've seen with my golf game, it can go away quickly. Um, the Ryder Cup's not going to do a ton. I mean, we, we've mentioned even some of the names, Vaughn Taylor, the weekly, you know, I mean, these guys that, that were on the team once or so, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of randoms that have been on the team, and I mean, how much money did they make from that? You know, and that's what that's that's my only issue. I mean, I love to play on the Ryder Cup team. That'd be so awesome. And if that was if that was the question, I might have changed it up. But um, you know, these things, everything else is going to make me some money. And I, and I yeah. hate to say it, but at the end of the day, I think that was what was so funny—the Billy Horschel thing, where people said his wife's going to go in labor and he's going to be playing in this thing. And I saw a couple people on Twitter say. They didn't agree with it. <laughs> Let me tell you, if I, if I had a million-dollar chance, if somebody said to me that they were going to put me in a room with 20 guys that write golf and there was a chance I could walk out with a million bucks and my girlfriend was going to have a baby, she would push me in that room and lock the door. I mean, there's no way. You know, It's, just, it's funny that anybody would make a big issue on that. So well, here's, it's here's so what amazes me. Million. Here's what amazes me about that. All right, we we talk golf. We have opinions about basically everything. That is literally there are two people that that that, that issue matters to. That's him and his wife. Like, yeah. you you don't agree with like you have no say in the matter. It is strictly right. between two people. Like that, you can disagree with Tom Watson's captain's picks. Like all like you can't tell. You can't have a disagreeing opinion on what. You, what somebody should do regarding the birth of their first child, or playing, or yes. fulfilling their job role. Like you got to be kidding me. I, I, I couldn't right. weigh in on the matter. That made me so upset. But I do. Well, have I agree. Back. It's like it's like when it's like when grandparents get mad at what you name your kid. 
It's like, well, sorry, you know, you shouldn't name your kid that. Like, I don't care. This is our child, you know. It's like, I don't care what you think. It's so funny. I, I totally agree. I actually did see a couple of people say that. Like, you know, this is not our, this is not on us. I mean, we have, we shouldn't care about this at all. And I was totally in on that. And, and you know, it kind of leads into something else we were thinking about talking about is, um, you know, the whole Rory saying the thing about Tiger thing and everybody flipping out about it. It's like, you know, we don't always have to get mad about stuff. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with journalism right now is it's like you have to flip out and, and people have to react. And you're like, Rory said an extremely honest thing. Shane Ryan wrote a great thing on a, on Golf Digest about this. It's awesome, yeah. Read it, but, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just it, – this kid said – he said something absolutely 100% respectful and honest. Not big at all, and people took it as a controversy. And you're like, no, 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 no. First, it's not, and second, I just, where, where do you think it started? Like, who, who initially said, oh, he's, he's taking a dig on these guys? It was like, it was an extremely honest thing to say. And if you're sitting there telling me a 44 year old guy and a near 40 year old guy with all these injuries isn't on the back end of his career, you're oblivious. Yeah, and I think it was uh, – yeah, I, I, I wanted the same thing. Where does the problem lie? I think it was Doug Ferguson uh, tweeted that he, you know, he had wrote about that story, and he said that I think it was golf.com that basically rewrote it and changed the headline to make the focus of the story completely different than what he wrote. So it, 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 I, I'm hesitant to just blame it straight on whoever wrote, whoever started the controversy, and blame it a lot on the desire for the the items that they know are going to generate the traffic and whatnot. And I mean, I I went to go write about this. I kind of burned out and did like to recap about the tour championship. And I'm so glad I didn't write about it because Shane Ryan killed it. He absolutely nailed it. And it's it's disappointing. I mean, he, the part I thought was the most interesting and the most accurate was like, what uh, Rory gives us one of the best interviews that we that we currently have in the game. Like, and what reason is he going to want to have to ever be open and honest again after that? I mean, it's 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 one thing to to you know generate write something to generate traffic, and we all do it. I mean, we know I know if we, I write something about Tiger, it's going to get twice as many clicks as if I do write something about you know Mike Weir. But it's it's one thing to do that at the expense of someone else you know, tearing down another player in, in, in the course of doing that. And he happens to be the number one player in the game right now. It's not exactly the person you want to get on your on your bad side. Just just it was it was it was real it was it was very confusing, I'll say that. I mean I I just I didn't quite get it. I didn't understand why people got so upset about it. Um and and uh there's so many things in golf you can get fired up about and, and this is just not one of them. I, I don't know. I, I I it happens in a lot of sports and, again, it's going to make these guys not want to talk to the media and not want to say anything. We have enough robots in golf, for goodness sakes. The last thing we need is more of those. And, and you know, it, it, Jason Day's quote in that Shane Ryan story was great. He basically said, uh, saying something about Tiger made me gunshot, you know. And, yep. and it's like, you know, you, you, you want to be gunshot with the media. And, and all we do is ask him to be honest and sincere. And I think Rory's been great at that over his career. And I can totally see him backing away from that. Here, here's a question for you. What would happen – if Horschel came off the 18th green of the tour championship. And Horschel and, and McElroy have a little bit of a history. They say it's squash now. And as far as I could tell on the broadcast, they look to be fine. But they have a little history going back from a, a match play event, the Walker Cup, I think, like in 08, where, you know, Horschel was getting being a little mouthy and a little bit too into it, and McElroy didn't care for it. 
what if Porsche walked off that 18th green and just pulled a Richard Sherman interview? Like, can you, ima- can you imagine what would happen to the golf world if he pulled a Richard Sherman interview on the 18th green with with, with Faraday there on the green or whoever whoever's down there on the green? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just like it's that kind of stuff is just never going to happen. And I think these guys are so they're, they're so cognizant of what's going on. If he walked off and did that. I think these guys, honest to goodness, think a lot of these people's computers would blow up. Like, they would literally <laughs> engulf in flame, and they wouldn't even be able to write a story. I mean, it's, it's this, this is golf. It's supposed to be fun and, 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 and irreverent, and, and I, I just, sometimes I get a little confused at why everything's got to be such, such a controversy. If, if, again, it goes back. This is as simple as I can put it. If you don't think those guys are on the back nine of their career – you're not paying attention. Phil didn't win a tournament this year. Tiger didn't win a tournament this year. I mean, you know, they might be going through slumps and injuries, but uh, it's as simple as that. These are guys that used to win, you know, I mean, I think Tiger won nine or ten times in one season. You know, I mean, Phil's won three or four times in a season. I mean, these guys win tournaments a lot, and neither of them won one this year. I just think it's it's apparent that they're not necessarily in the prime of their career. And, uh, you know, the fact that Rory mentioned it and people flipped out is is – is more on us than it is on Rory. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in the camp of that the, the the swan song of the Tiger and Phil era is premature. Um, I'm more confident that Tiger's going to make his way back more than I do Phil. Um, I just feel like Phil, at this point in his career, only cares about the majors, and even so, he only cares mostly about one major. And I just I feel like his his focus has hurt his focus so much that he can't take regular PGA Tour events seriously. And I think well, that's no intention. Yeah, yeah, he's just yeah, I, I agree. Show I, mean, all I year. totally agree. Yeah. But, I mean, Tiger, it's, it's not only did he win five times in 2013. Like PJ Tour just came out with the, the stat, you know, strokes gained T to green. He was second on tour in strokes gained T to green in 2013. Like he was still the like basically the best ball striker in the game as of a year ago. Like I, I'm confident, and that and that was with a, a swing that nobody really liked. So. I'm confident right. Tiger's going to make his oh. way back. And so. Absolutely. I, somebody asked me in my, my first middle bag with back nine, they said, uh, who do you think wins more next year, Rory or Tiger? And I said, Tiger. And, I, and I'm, I'm totally with you. And I think Phil's going to be fine. Phil, Phil's one of those guys, when he gets it going, um, he gets really into it. And, and what you said is right. I think Phil cares about two or three tournaments a year. Um, but I think he always is going to care when he's in contention. You know, when he's there on Sunday and he's got a chance to win – He's going to be Phil Mickelson, but, um, you know, if he's in, in 18th place on Sunday, he doesn't care. And, and I think I would probably be the exact same way, and I think that's one of the reasons that guys like Steve Stricker decide to scale their schedule back is because it's really hard to stay at that level for multiple, multiple decades. And I think Mickelson's been there for so long. He's won so much money. He's won so many tournaments. Honestly, what is him winning the Shell Houston Open really going to do? You know, like, honestly, yeah. I mean, what is it going to do? Isn't that nothing? Zero things. It's going, to, it's going to stop people talking about how he hadn't won in a while, but, I mean, in the sense of his career and legacy, uh, five days after the Shell Houston Open, we're going to figure, forget it happened. So, um, I mean, sure, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think they'll both be fine, and they're probably going to have a fine 2015. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, they're not going to be competing for 20 more years. I mean, I think we can both say that, and I think that's kind of Rory's point. Yeah. Well, back to the comments. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because, you know, I, I – I feel like this happens a lot in not just golf media. Actually, not, I don't think the golf media is not as guilty as the rest of the sports media world, but 
they'll beat a certain topic to death. So let's take, let's take some examples. Like currently in the news, the Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson stuff, they're beating that to death. If you look backwards, I'm thinking along the lines of like, think Johnny Manziel, LeBron, um, Tim Tebow, stuff like that. And they get criticism for it. They say, you know, you're beating this to death, like blah, blah, blah. And they'll point to, look, this is the most visited thing on our website right now. This is our highest ratings are when we're talking Tim Tebow on first take. I feel like, and that's what I call it, is the Tim Tebow fallacy. It's where these stories get generated and are talked about so much that you're kind of almost forced to care about them. Like, when all that Tim Tebow mayhem was going on in Denver, like, I was finding myself like wanting to sit down and watch him play. Now, because I thought he was 16, I was just really curious how this really polarizing guy who is like being talked about way too much compared to what his talent is, is is dominating the, the mainstream. And is I, I want to see how he performs. That kind of, that's the same with Manziel. I mean, there was so much talk going into the last, last season. And I was like that Alabama game. I couldn't wait to sit down and watch that game. I feel like there's this, this, this spiral that you can go down with a story when it becomes popular, the more you talk about it, the more traffic it generates. And then the more you talk about it and then the more traffic, it's just this, this spiral that I feel like Rory is kind of going down that road. Yeah. I mean, we, we basically, basically are, or, or the bell rings and we go to dinner, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're the dog. I mean, I just, I think as sports fans, like you said, we, we kind of are in a weird place where, um, you, you think something is important. And, I mean, there's definitely news outlets that, that are worse at this than others. But, you know, you, you you think something's important, and you then you find it, you find yourself talking way more about it than you should, and then now you've made it more important than it really is, and you can't stop talking about it. So Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean Rory's, Rory's is – I mean, I, I, the Rory thing is so strange to me. The fact that – I mean, as a golfer, I love watching him play golf. I think he's one of the most fun golfers to watch since I started not only covering the game, but really watching as a kid. I love watching his swing. I love the way he hits the ball. I love watching his approach shots. I think his putting stroke is kind of fun to watch because it's not necessarily the most smooth thing in the world, but he seems to make a lot of putts with it. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, and I don't understand why he doesn't seem to translate with – Sports fans, you know, I mean, you see the ratings, and they're just not good when he's in, when he's kind of in contention and stuff, and and I don't understand why. But um, this stuff's not going to help, you know. You know, having having you know questioning everything he says and, and turning him into more of a robot than he already is, you know, he's not going to be any more interested than he already is. And I mean, he's already played incredible golf and done you know something that we really haven't seen in a long time, and uh, and he's going to become more and more boring the more people say, look what Rory said, it's a big contract. Yeah, I think if he was American, I think he'd be a lot, a lot bigger. I mean, look at how the Ricky Fowler with one win, and granted, there's a lot of other reasons why he's as popular as he is. But if Rory was American, I feel like we would, we would, uh, we'd hear a lot more about him in the in the mainstream more than uh, more than we do at least for him being the number one player in the world. But uh, um, back to the question though about the ranking the tournaments, we went down, we veered away from that, so. What I, and I've heard, I've heard some things, and I have nothing, no support, no research to really back it up. What is a, how much money is a major championship win worth? That's kind of where the, my question lied from. It's like I've heard it said that if you win the Masters, it's worth twenty million dollars over the course of your life, whatever that means. Appearance fees, selling autographs, whatever that means. 
is you will make $20 million off a master's win when your prize is, what, $1.6 million or whatever. So I was curious to see how many people actually chose the FedEx Cup for money purposes when you got to think about how much endorsement money is a major championship win and how much, you know, a five-year exemption that you get in all major tournaments for a major championship win, lifetime exemption for a master's win. How much do you weigh in that versus, you know, the immediate cash of, you know, I mean, $11 million today is worth more than, you know, $20 million, can be worth more than $20 million over the course of your life. It's like, that's kind of where the question lies with me. And I, I don't really know how I'd answer it. I think I'd, I'd answer it probably in the way I listed them and basically in a, in, in order that they occur. But I'd put, I'd put the FedEx Cup above the Ryder Cup for most of the same reasons that you said. Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, you, you almost want to ask that question to somebody like Michael Campbell and say, you know, yeah. how much did that U.S. Open victory when he really did nothing after, um, how much did you really earn from that? Because, um, you know, did, did, was, it, was it as financially lucrative as, as, you know, something like, you know, if you just got paid $13 million, if Billy Horse will never play golf again, um, you know, he's going to have that $13 million in his bank forever. And uh, you might get a five-year exemption. But to me, um, that's a little bit riskier than just getting the payout, you know. So, uh, no, I think it's a great debate. I, I love the question. I think it's a cool question. I, I, you know, I just say Masters first because I think being a lifetime green jacket guy and getting to go to the Champions Dinner and all that stuff would be probably the coolest thing that you could ever really do if you're a fan of golf. Um, and, and, and to me, um, you know, just the history behind the British and, and links and, and, and being over there and, and working over there and all that stuff, it's, it's got a kind of a special place in my heart. But, you know, at the end of the day, 13.5 or whatever, course of one is pretty hard to beat. And, and I think once you get that payout and what you could do with it, um, you know, you know, I, I just and, – and to me, you know, you're, you're a FedEx Cup champion. You get a lot of, a lot of stuff from that as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a great question, and it kind of goes back to, to a kind of a human question, really. Is it, it, what's, what's worth it, money or, or accomplishment? And I think, um, you know, the, the majors are important, but um, is, is somebody like Sean McKeel really getting a lot of appearance fee money because he won a PGA a decade ago? I mean, you know, I, I don't really think so. I think – you know what I think in the three podcasts we've done? I think we've gone three for three mentioning Michael Campbell, Sean McKeel, <laughs> Vaughn Taylor, and J.J. Henry. I swear, I think we have at least two two out of the three we've mentioned those guys in every single one. And we haven't mentioned Keegan Bradley. We haven't mentioned Hunter Mahan. We have to mention – we should go through the top ten in the world that we've – we haven't mentioned Henrik Stenson. You know, it's like we've talked about these people that didn't matter. We were like 15 years old when these guys mattered. Like, who are we even talking about? Well, when you – it made a lot more sense, actually. Now, my answer is a little more clear when you started – when you put names to the question, like the Sean McKeel, Michael Campbell thing, would you rather have Sean McKeel's career or Billy Horschel's at this point? Uh, I think the answer for me is Horschel. I mean, how much win, you know, how much is, is a PGA Championship win worth to him? And so the parallel there, I guess, since you're going to rank the British above the FedEx, would you rather have Todd Hamilton or Ben Curtis's career over somebody like Horschel? Right, and, and I think it's a fair point. To me, it's just more. I mean, you know, a million dollars to me is just such a weird number. It's like not even to me. Me and a, I have a friend who lives in Las Vegas, and he gambles for a living, and he's like the craziest person of all time, but he's, like, also the most awesome. And we always joke that, like, if somebody gave us a million dollars in cash or $100,000 in cash, like, it'd be the same thing to us because it'd be like, what, what is this? Like, you know, and, and he says the same thing. Like, if he won a 
$10 million tournament or he won a $200,000 tournament, like it would be pretty much the same because it would be a ton of money that he would end up probably blowing anyway. So, you know, it's like, I mean, like if you won the British Open, I, I just feel like it'd be such a cool thing to always say. Um, and, you know, if you won the FedEx Cup, you, you probably wouldn't sit there bragging about it, but your house and your boat and your jet would be, you know, so it's really just kind of where your, where your, your, your interests lie. And I, I, I think having a clear agenda would be awesome. I would probably just be so scared that I'd drop it. Was it Watson that dropped it? Was it was Tom Watson drop it like his fourth win or whatever? He dropped it and broke it. But um, you know, to me, the, the the second coolest trophy in sports that I think having your name on that would be to me would probably eclipse you know money and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. Look, I gave you this question for your mailbag. <clears throat> I don't know if it's going to make the cut or not, but and we may have overlap here. But what I wanted to know was. Was Billy Horschel's three-week stretch of making thirteen point five million, whatever it was, has anybody ever made more money in golf over that over that period of time? Now I know, at least I'm almost positive that, as far as organized golf, that is a fact. Like no one's made, you can't win a bigger prize money-wise than the FedEx Cup, and he won more over three weeks than Tiger did, I think, like in '09 when he ran off basically the same exact results, but. Has anyone ever, and obviously you don't know the answer to this, I'm asking hypothetically, has anybody ever bet more money than that and won it on a golf course over that period of time, do you think? I mean, there's probably somebody in Vegas that, that has. I, I've heard I've heard a couple of pretty good stories about stuff that's happened in, um, you know, Shadow Creek and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> I don't think I want to be involved with anybody that's ever been dealing with that much money on a golf course. I don't think I want to be in the conversation. I might not even want to be on the property. Um, if you're if you're gambling that amount of money on a game of golf, I'm just not that good of a putter to to, to be able to deal with that. But um, you know, and I mean, who knows what Nicholson's ever gambled? You know, <laughs> I would love to actually hear him off camera talk about what his what his biggest thing was, or or any of these pros really, for that matter. But. Um, Thirteen point four three weeks. I mean, you 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 know what I'd like to know? Just in general, in all sports ever, has anybody made that much money in three weeks? You know, I mean, probably not. Mayweather. I mean, right? I mean, yeah, makes, I what, right. yeah, yeah, it makes it one night. But. So, so 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 Boster's aside, I guess. You know, like just. I mean, if you took Boster's out of the equation, has anybody ever done it? Because I mean, I'm I'm surely I'm surely not in any organized sport, right? No, I mean. I uh, yeah, that's what I, I'm trying to think. I mean, how much does Michael Jordan play for when he gambles? You know, like <laughs> exactly right. I mean, the guy gets like an annuity basically from Nike or Jumpman, and he he, he doesn't even have. I've heard this. He doesn't even have equity in Nike or Jumpman, but he gets like something like two hundred fifty million dollars a year from them just for all royalties or licensing of using the Jumpman logo. You can't tell me that guy doesn't want to. <laughs> play for a couple million aside. I don't know if he has anyone he can play with. Got that he should call Horschel. <laughs> he needs to get on the phone with Horschel right now. <laughs> hey, Billy, what are you, you got that check hot in your pocket or what? <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. I think we've covered uh, covered everything that's going on currently in the golf world. Uh, then, uh, of course, the big web.com tour. How much have you followed the, the web.com tour uh, playoffs? Oh man, I wish I could say I have, but I mean, I just would be lying. I, you know, it's been a pretty busy two weeks. This, this whole, this yeah. whole transition and stuff over here is we, we've we've been working, 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 and uh, you know, I'm like I said, I'm fired up. I, 
TV is something I've always wanted to do, and I've got a pretty cool opportunity with, with, with them to, to make some fun stuff and some cool and, and unique stuff. And, and, and you guys are, are hopefully going to help out a little bit here and there too. So, um, you know, yeah. just having you guys on is, is, is pretty exciting in its own right. You guys are yeah. kind of uh, having a lot of fun with, 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 uh, with what you're doing and, and making some pretty awesome stuff. So Yeah, no, we're looking forward to that as well. well I do have one more question. What is your viewing strategy going to be for the Ryder Cup? Like, uh, here's my dilemma. So what, so what time? What time? Well, no, no, tell me what time because, I mean, you know, I haven't totally looked into it. What what time is it going to come on East Coast? I'm, I'm an East Coaster now. Yeah, what you're an East Coast. East, East, I think it's actually better to be East Coast. Uh, East Coast may be the best time zone for this. But it's coming on Friday morning at 2.30 a.m., okay? so Eastern? Eastern, yeah, 2.30 a.m. Oh, God. Friday at 2.30 a.m. Eastern. Okay, so... You know, so your options are to go to sleep really early on Thursday night and wake up at 2.15 with a pot of coffee ready and go, or do you maybe sleep in late on, you know, on Thursday and just stay up through the night on Friday night up until, I don't know when it's, I don't know when coverage ends. I think it ends at noon on Friday morning. Then go to bed. What's, I mean, it's, it's a dilemma. You know yeah, you know, I'll probably go to bed early. I'll probably try to, like, uh, what I'll probably try to do is do some super serious something, like run a long way longer than I want to or something on Thursday afternoon to get myself a little exhausted and try to see if there's some way I could pass out at like 8.30 or 9 and get in maybe four and a half five, you know. So I, mean, I feel like that's my best chance of doing this. You know, the British is like just like this, and, and, and being on the West Coast, I've had to do this before. And I'm so bad at trying to do the stay up thing. I, I just can't do yeah. it. I, I've tried so many times, and I thought, I've had so many rounds where I've like knocked out like 30 tweets, and then people are like, "Did did you did you die?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> I fell asleep. Tiger was on an eight, you know, and I fell asleep or something." But no, I like how you said you uh, you know tie yourself out that way instead of like. See, I was thinking of like slamming a bunch of beers and, and right after work and just being. Just being uh, exhausted from that and falling asleep to wake up at, at one. At, for me, it comes on at one thirty. It's like I got to be up at one fifteen basically to get to get ready for this. Like I, I don't, I've never done that before. I've never done anything like that. I, I usually go to bed at like midnight, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess to do that three days in a row, and then I leave the country two days after that. So it should be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah you don't have a lot going on. You'll be fine. no, no, no. I, I did request the, the day off work specifically to watch the Ryder Cup, but I think I'm going to be packing. It's to watch the Ryder Cup. Probably, probably smart to do that. Yeah. So. All right, man. Thanks again for coming on. Everyone, thanks for listening. This is uh, Shane Bacon, now the Back Nine Network, and uh, you'll be hearing from Shane, Shane soon. I guess it's uh, September 29th, the new show on DirecTV channel. What's the channel again? 262. So it's called The Turn. So And you know DVR The Turn in the clubhouse and – uh, the Matt Natty show, I mean, it's all going to be uh, unique and fun and different, and, and you guys will like it. Just set your DVR on, on back nine, just every show, I think, is really what you want to do. And delete all the other shows you watch because, I mean, come on. Like, let's be serious here. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. It's He's not asking much. Let me tell you, if you've listened to the podcast this long, you're a golf freak anyway, <laughs> so you probably actually should do what I said. <laughs> He's not asking much, people. Come on. Just set your DVR. <laughs> All right, thanks again for coming on, man. Take care, everybody. Be the right club. Be the right club today.
Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! <laughs>